0: It's the second homestand of the season, and Walters is ready to be your pre- and post-game spot this weekend. Bottomless Brunch starts at 11 a.m. both Saturday and Sunday. Enjoy Bottomless Mimosas, Bloody Marys, Truly, and Bud Light for only $20 with your purchase of a brunch entree, be it beer, burgers, bourbon, or baseball. We encourage you to walk on over to Walters.
1: It's going to be a beautiful weekend, some day baseball finally. The sun will be out, and there's nowhere you want to be except outdoors or indoors at Walters
2: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Schwarber is at one plate appearance against Young and resulting in a walk. Now the kick in the pitch. Swing it along. One to right. Way back. Going. Going. God goodbye. Way up there in the second deck.
0: And welcome to Nats Chat for Saturday, April 17th, 2021, along with Nats insider Mark Zuckerman of massinsports.com. I'm Al Galdi, host of the Al Galdi podcast. We have our first shore bomb of the season. And boy, was that a needed shore bomb. You couldn't lose another game in which Max Scherzer tossed a gem, especially off what's been going on with Patrick Corbin and Steven Strasburg. And the Nats did not lose a mammoth 463-foot, one-out walk-off homer from Kyle Schwarber off Diamondbacks reliever Alex Young. Nats beat Arizona 1-0 on Friday night in Game 2 of a four-game series. Improved to 4-7 and on the season. What a homer. What a performance by Max Scherzer. What a game, Mark.
1: You know what, Al? There have been a few games like this already this year where they're not scoring runs and it gets a little tense late. And I got to be honest, I think this one felt different. The other ones, you're kind of waiting for them to find a way to lose. This one, it felt like they were going to find a way to win. You knew the pitching was top notch, the way Scherzer was going, and you just felt like somebody was going to connect. I didn't know if it was going to be on one swing like that. Maybe it was going to be a rally, but you felt like they were going to deliver here at some point. And boy, I'll tell you what, it was only 8,000 in the park officially, but it sounded like a lot more than that. That was the first true moment that I felt like we're kind of getting back to normal here. That was an explosion, both from Schwarber. And also from the crowd, it really made for a fun caper to the evening.
0: Yeah, there were a few times, I thought, in the game in which you heard the crowd. Uh, Some of those Max Scherzer strikeouts, Daniel Hudson, after he gets that third out in the top of the eighth inning, he was all fired up. You know, I mean, I don't want to say there was like a postseason feel, but it felt like baseball. Like, it felt like, hey, you know what? At some point here, more fans are going to be in the ballpark. And you have, especially with this Nationals team, a team that this area is just waiting to embrace again, waiting to be a part of again in terms of attending games. So really cool to see that on Friday night.
1: Yeah, and think about how many of those fans tonight haven't gotten to experience something like that since, you know, the World Series. (laughs) It's been a long time. And so there's a little extra juice in the crowd, I think, because people have been waiting for so long. They've been looking for anything to celebrate, anything to get excited about. And the Nats provided a lot of that to them, especially, I'd say, the 7th, 8th, and ninth innings of this game. There was a, a lot of energy in the ballpark and, and a lot of just sort of pleading with them to deliver because they were doing so many other things right. It just felt like a matter of time before somebody was going to connect.
0: Yeah, and it was a frustrating night for so much of the game offensively, right? And that's with multiple opportunities to score, unable to do so. Only end up finishing with five hits, but go 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position. You had run scoring opportunities, bottom of the second, bottom of the third, bottom of the fifth, unable to come through And then the homer by Schwarber. And and that was as much of a no-doubt shot as you'll ever see. I mean, the second the ball left the bat, you knew it was gone. Everyone knew that it was gone. It ends up going into, what, I guess the second deck, 463 feet. I mean, I don't think I'm overreacting in saying this. That's one of the biggest homers in Nationals Park history, right, in terms of distance and also just in terms of, like, the visual of it. That was a clout by Schwarber.
1: It didn't land in the second deck, Al. It landed in the concourse behind the second deck. (laughs) And I'm not sure I've ever seen a ball land there in a real game. There have been some third deck down the line, Bryce Harper, Adam LaRoche into the third deck, and they have those seats marked. But I'm honestly not sure I've seen one actually land on that concourse, you know, above the second deck, 463 feet, 112 miles an hour off the bat. Now, here's the amazing thing. I was here the night of the home run derby in 2018 and Kyle Schwarber and Bryce Harper put on a huge show that night. Schwarber wound up hitting 55 home runs and lost the derby final, at least to Bryce Harper. And thanks to some quick research from our friend, Todd Dibus, none of those 55 homers he hit that night traveled 463 feet. One of them was clocked at 462. So he topped that in this game with the walk-off homer. It was about as, like you said, given the circumstances, that was about as dramatic and no doubt as they get to win a ballgame.
0: Yeah. And it's funny too with Schwarber because he hasn't exactly been setting the world on fire. You know, he'd been slumping a little bit to whatever extent you can slump this early in the season. And he comes through with a shot like that. And of course, that's why he's here, right? He's not here for his glove. He's not here for his speed. He's here for his bat. He's a guy who's been a very productive hitter, did not have a good 2020, but Had a very good spring training. You know, he feels like one of those classic bounce-back candidates for this season. And man, was that some kind of shot that Kyle Schwarber unleashed. So great to see something like that. I mean, it ends up being an underwhelming game for so many of the Nats' big bats. Trey Turner, Juan Soto, Josh Bell. They end up going a combined 0-for-10 with three strikeouts in the game, draw a combined two walks. You know, Josh Harrison had a couple of hits again. Starling Castro had a hit. Victor Robles had a hit out of the number eight spot. But, like, there just wasn't much happening with the Nationals offensively. And I tell you, Mark, for the longest time, it felt like, you know, deja vu all over again. Max Scherzer throwing a gem. Are we going to see what we saw at the Dodgers where Max pitches really well and the Nats don't come through? And I feel like it's so important that the Nats did win this game because especially with what's been going on with Corbin and Strasburg, here you have Scherzer. If you're going to lose another game here in which he's lights out, I mean, that is just so painful. You would have fallen to three and eight. You know, you're facing a Diamondbacks team that isn't very good, at least on paper. I mean, it's so funny watching these games the last two nights. How many people can identify who these Diamondbacks players are? Is Drupal Cabrera, as much as we love him, is their number three batter on Friday night? Like this is not a Diamondbacks team that the Nats should be losing to. And thankfully, it was not a loss on Friday night.
1: No, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. Taylor Widener, let's give him some credit. He did pitch well, and he pitched really well against the Padres in his season debut. So it's not unprecedented for him. His second start wasn't as good. But no, you're right. I mean, that's a game that you have to win. The way that Scherzer is going, you can't squander that. The way that Hudson and Hand pitched uh, in relief of him. The emotional lift of winning that game versus the deflation you feel if you lose that game is pretty significant. And one more point on Schwarber, I got to make this. It was off a of lefty and I think a lot of people view him and think, "Oh, big lefty slugger. He's a guy who's going to have to be platooned for." And David Martinez from day one, from the day they signed him has said, "No, that's not true. He's an everyday player. I've seen him do it. I believe in him. We're not going to have to platoon him." And that was his biggest swing off a of lefty as you're going to find, and there was no question In Davey's mind, and and Schwarber knew in his mind he didn't have to look over his shoulder about whether he was going to send up a pinch hitter for him against the lefty with the game on the line. No, he let him hit, let him swing away, and you saw what he could do with it.
0: Al Galdi here to tell you about FanDuel. We've all had that dream, right? Tie game, bottom of the ninth, bases loaded. Well, on FanDuel Sportsbook, you get more than one shot to swing for the fences because FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk-free. That's right. New users get up to $1,000 back in site credit if your first bet doesn't win, and it only gets better from there. Once you have an account, you'll have access to same-game parlay insurance all season long. That's up to $25 back in site credit each day if your same-game parlay bet falls one leg short. This way you can combine multiple baseball bets for an even bigger win. If you live in Virginia, you have access to the sportsbook so you can place as many baseball bets as you please. If you want to bet big on the Orioles, there's nothing stopping you at FanDuel other than the O's pitching staff. There is a reason FanDuel Sportsbook is America's number one sportsbook. The app is simple to use. They've got great odds on all different betting markets, unique fun bet types like Same Game Parlay, and Always On Promotions to let you get more action out of every game day. And when you win, FanDuel will pay you your winnings in as little as 24 hours. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up with promo code CHAT to get in on the action. That's FanDuel Sportsbook, promo code CHAT.
3: 21 plus present in present, Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, or West Virginia. First on my real money wager only for risk free bet. Refund issued as is non withdrawable site. Credit that expires in seven days. Restrictions apply. See terms at com. Gambling problem, call 1 100 522 in Colorado. 1 100 bets off in Iowa. One hundred nine 9 with it Indiana, 100 270 7117 for confidential help in Michigan. One hundred gambler New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia, Tennessee, one 889 9789 Or in West Virginia, visit www100 gamblernet
1: Are you interested in buying or selling your home? Support for Nats Chat comes from Rachel Levy of Compass Real Estate. By focusing on the personal parts of the real estate process and using technology to simplify the rest, Rachel seamlessly guides her clients through their experience. Rachel uses her deep local knowledge and exceptional customer service to advocate for her clients all across D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. To learn more, follow her on Instagram at Real Estate Rachel.
2: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
4: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
2: Here's the windup the 3 2 pitch. Swing and a miss on a slider. Strikeout number 10. 99 career double-digit strikeout games for the great Max Scherzer. He passes Cy Young, and he gets to
0: 99 career double-digit strikeouts all in the same inning. And one, two, three go the Diamondbacks. How impressive was that? So the other hero, of course, is Max Scherzer, who was outstanding. Seven scoreless innings on 10 strikeouts versus two hits, both of which were singles, two walks, throws 106 pitches, 68 of which. End up going for strikes, and just some of the specifics of the outing really stand out. Perfect top of the fourth for Max. He records strikeouts of the Diamondbacks' numbers two and three hitters for the first two outs. Cole Calhoun, and yes, as Drupal Cabrera and Cabrera. I mean, again, we love him, but he looked feeble in that plate appearance. Goes down on three pitches against Max. Max perfect top of the seventh and strong strikes out the side. Josh Van Meter, Eduardo Escobar, Carson Kelly, all going down swinging. Did you have any thought that maybe Davey would bring Max back out for the eighth? Or did you think seven innings, 106 pitches, that was going to be it?
1: Yeah, no, I knew that was it because he'd only gone 91 previously. And so even the seventh inning was a you know a little bit pushing him. I think that was a natural progression for him. And there's no way that Max was going to let him take him out of the game after six. But I loved the way he finished. That was the way that's a classic Max Scherzer finish every once in a while. He tries to do too much in that final inning and gets burned with a fastball over the plate. And this was the opposite of that. He was still in complete control of it, blew him away. And you could see him feeding off the energy of the crowd and of the moment. And that, as he loves to talk about, the, your starts are defined by your final 10 pitches. And that absolutely was the case there. The thing he had going so well in this game was his fastball. It had life on it for maybe the first time this year. And the evidence of that is how little contact little solid contact the Diamondbacks were making off that pitch. So he had 27 swings. The Diamondbacks swung at 27 of his fastballs. They put six of them to play. They fouled off seven, and they whiffed at 14 of them. So half the time they swung at a fastball, they missed. That's not a breaking ball. It's not a changeup. Like, that's not a deceptive pitch. That's a fastball, and they swung and missed. And that tells you how much life he had on it how much confidence he had in it. That's the Max Scherzer fastball we've all been waiting to see. And that, along with everything else, I think made this a really impressive start.
0: The question with Max going into the season is, can he still be Cy Young level Max, or do we now have to get used to sort of a lesser Max, where he's still good, but he's not great? He's not Cy Young great. He's not A-plus grade. Well, here we are, three starts into his 2021 season. And yes, he did give up the four runs in six innings. In that season opening win over the Atlanta Braves, remember the four solo homers allowed, but since then, zero home runs allowed. Max Scherzer over his three starts, 19 innings. He has 24 strikeouts versus three walks. 24 three. How's that for a strikeout to walk ratio?
1: I think that's eight to one, right? Am I do my math right? Eight to one?
0: Uh, yes, eight to one. You are correct. You All nailed right. that. And an ERA at 237. So those numbers are Cy Young level. It's three starts in, but this is what you want to see. And like you said, That was Soil Vintage Max on Friday night, ending the way he ends. I don't know. We should probably try to look this up at some point. But I don't know that anyone has ever been better at ending his great starts in great fashion. You know, he seems to do that a lot. Where, like, his final inning, he strikes out the side. Or his final inning, you know, he has a couple of strikeouts. Like, man, he just seems to have done that so many times over the years. And he obviously did that on Friday night.
1: He senses the finish line coming, and he knows, okay, it's time to empty the tank. And he's as good as anybody you're right at doing. I think Justin Verlander in his prime would kind of do the same thing. And all of a sudden, there's like an extra mile or two per hour on his fastball when he knows this is it. I'm going to empty the tank. But here's what made the seventh inning even more special. Not that it was on Max's mind, because I know it wasn't. But it was on my mind, because I was anticipating it all night. And I think a lot of the people knew it was coming. That first strikeout to begin the inning was strikeout two thousand eight hundred and six of his career, and that matches a guy named Cy Young in his career, a name you may have heard of before. And then the next batter was strikeout 2,807, and that passed mr denton true young for 22nd all time and then he added one more for good measure so he's he's creating some separation with cy young who as far as i know isn't going to be capable of catching him now that's pretty cool and you know max shrugs it off and and uh, no cy young you know is maybe the greatest pitcher of all time for a lot of different reasons It was a very different game back in the 1890s not a lot of strikeouts but still you pass cy young on any list you've done something right that's a big deal in my book
0: it's a great thing to be able to say. I mean, they named the freaking award after the guy. You know, that's all, that's all you have. That's like in basketball when people refer to Jerry West as the logo. Like, he's the freaking logo of the league. You know, Cy Young, they named the pitcher award after him. Like, that's all you need to know. Yeah, I don't know if Max is going to catch Cy Young's 511 wins, but like you said, it was a very different game. That, that's dead ball baseball that Cy Young was thriving in. But that's awesome to see Max Scherzer do that. And, you know, he's already going to be a Hall of Famer. But obviously, that's another thing you can kind of add to the resume when he goes into Cooperstown. I tell you, Mark, it's really funny with the Nationals and their runs allowed totals. Now, you go over the last five games, 2-14-0-11-0. I mean, man, has this been a Jekyll and Hyde stretch when it comes to starting pitching when it comes to the run prevention by the Nationals here.
1: Yeah, but look, we said all along, this team's going to go as far as its rotation takes it. That's the way they've been built. That's going to determine, you know, I don't think they're going to win a lot of games by outslugging the opposition. The bullpen has been very good, but I don't think that's necessarily their preferred path to victory is just hope for, you know, four or five innings from your starter and then get great relief work. No, they're going to win when they get six, seven quality innings from their starters. Now, Scherzer's doing it. Joe Ross is doing it. They hope Eric Fetty can continue to do it. And the key now is, can they get Strasburg and Corbin to where they need to be? And if they do, then that gives them a chance to win every single night, even when they don't score, even when they only end up with five hits and they can still win a game because they just need to keep it close and deliver at some point. So it's been Jekyll and Hyde. You're right. I mean, the good news is three of the five are pitching really well. They just got to get the other two on track now.
0: Yeah, no doubt. You mentioned the bullpen. Another good night on Friday night. The Nats bullpen so far has been a strength. We'll see if it holds up, but a lot to like with what we've seen from the pen. Daniel Hudson, a perfect top of the eighth inning that featured a couple of strikeouts. Brad Hand, a scoreless ninth in which he froze the pinch hitter Wyatt Matheson with a slider for a called strike three. That was great to see. And let me credit the Nationals for something that I've been all over them for, and that is their defense on Friday night. Multiple highlight-worthy plays made. By the Nationals in the field. I mentioned that Daniel Hudson eighth inning. Victor Robles, a terrific catch for the second out. Running backhanded catch after which he tumbled onto the warning track in retiring the pinch hitter Paven Smith. Awesome to see that from Robles.
2: Swing a fly ball left center. This is trouble. Robles
0: going back, way back. Makes a running backhanded catch. Tumbles over, pops up on his feet, and holds on to the baseball. And then Josh Harrison in the shift. So the next time someone downgrades, denigrates the shift, mention this play, Josh Harrison, the sliding backhanded stab of an Isdrubal Cabrera grounder up the middle off being in the shift, and then a really nice strong throw to first with a game scoreless, Harrison making that play. So great to see those two defensive gems by the Nats on Friday night.
1: Second out of the ninth inning. The Robles play, that was a 2019 Robles play. Like, that was the best evidence we've seen yet of getting a great jump on the ball, showing tons of athleticism, and then finishing it, sticking the landing, as it were. That's a really good signing to hope to see more of that from him.
0: Yeah, so with your bullpen getting backed up by the defense there, uh, very good to see that with the Nationals. So a good night, a good win. Got to try to string some more of these together here. But the Nats, I mean, again, I just go back to this. You could not have wasted this gem from Max. Like, that would have been such a killer to do that. The Nats, thankfully, do not do that, thanks to the Shorebomb a Ruthian clout from Kyle Schwarber there to win the game for the Nationals. Hey,
3: everyone. Tim Shover's here, here to tell you about Sunday Scaries. And no, I'm not talking about this upcoming Sunday afternoon game against the Diamondbacks. You know we're getting to the point where prioritizing mental health is becoming less stigmatized. People are finally starting to talk about strategies to stay centered and calm in their everyday life. That's why I'm really excited to tell you about Sunday Scaries. Sunday Scaries are specially formulated CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that taste absolutely delicious and are easy to take on the go. Sunday Scaries CBD gummies help you live life scare-free by promoting a sense of calm, quieting your mind, and just helping you to chill out and relax. In fact, Sunday Scaries CBD gummies and CBD oil have won glowing coverage in publications like Men's Health, Forbes, Allure. And best products. Today, you can get 25% off your first order with the code NATSCHAT at Sundayscaries.com. That's 25% off your first order at Sundayscaries.com. Enter code NATSCHAT or it asks for a coupon on the checkout page. Ready to chill out and get some much needed peace of mind? Head to Sundayscaries.com right now to get 25% off some sweet, sweet CBD gummies.
0: So you got game three of this series. We have afternoon baseball on the weekend for the Nationals here. 105 first pitch. It is an Eric Fetty game on Saturday afternoon. Max has been good. Joe Ross has been good. Fetty, all things considered, was good in his last outing. What are we thinking we're going to get from Fetty on Saturday?
1: You just hope for consistency and that he can build off of that last one. Can he get ahead of hitters? number one, can he then put them away? I mean, he he was striking guys out in his last start. It wasn't a just pitched a weak contact kind of situation. He looked really good. He had life on the fastball. I think he hit 95 or even 96 at some point. And at the moment, I think this rotation spot is still his. John Lester threw three innings, 49 pitches on Thursday in Fredericksburg. It all went well. Everybody was pleased with it. But they want to give him more time. They want to let him build his arm up. And so I think he's going to make at least one more start down there and try to at least get to five innings. And I'll tell you what, if Fetty can come through with another quality outing for them, that could give them the luxury of taking more time with Lester and not feeling like they need to rush him back. So you don't want him looking over his shoulder. You don't want him thinking in those terms. But I think he can do a lot for himself if he comes out and pitches well in that game.
0: Yeah, Fetty's last outing, that 5-2 win at St. Louis on Monday night. One run, four and two-thirds innings, five strikeouts. Really one of the better outings he's had as a pitcher. I mean, I know it's not saying a ton, but he looked good, uh, all things considered, in that game. One more item. Uh, the Nats did make a roster move on Friday. Luis Avilan to the 10-day injured list with left elbow inflammation. And Kyle McGowan gets recalled from the alternate training side in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Really unfortunate to see this because Avilon he made up for that terrible outing in relief in the Strasbourg game with a very nice outing in relief of uh, Corbin on Thursday night.
1: Yeah, and, you know, he wound up, you combine the two and it's 77 pitches. I think that he had thrown in three days. That's a lot. And uh, maybe the elbow wasn't feeling quite right. You know, you also wonder, as much as they'd used the bullpen, and even though they were confident in, in Max to deliver, you never know what might happen, and they needed a fresh arm for friday's game they needed to find a way to get another arm onto the staff and maybe they found a way to uh suggest to Luis avilan that he could use a little rest after all that that he had thrown i you know i don't know <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying anything here i don't know it, I, it's entirely possible that after 78 pitches in three days his elbow was feeling a little sore but maybe they made sure that it was feeling a little more sore just to ensure that he could take a break and they could get a fresh arm up here
0: i see taking advantage of the roster rules in baseball i got you
1: I'm not saying, I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Your elbow hurts, Luis. It does. Yes, it does, Luis. Your elbow's <laughs> inflamed. We got to put you on the IL. Sorry, pal. That's how that's going to go. All right, before we call it a show, we do want to thank you, the Nats Chat podcast listener, because this podcast, Nats Chat, is number 17 in the country on Apple Podcasts in the US baseball category. Wow. We are top 20 in the country, Mark. So, we Need to thank all of those who've been listening, subscribing, rating, reviewing this podcast. Please continue to do that. Please continue to spread the word, but we're top 20. We got to get to top 10, but top 20 uh, off to a very nice start. So thank you to everyone.
1: I'll take that for now. Absolutely. Thank you to everyone who has been listening. Thank you to everyone who's helping spread the word, continue to spread the word. We knew from the beginning that there is a passionate fan base out there that wanted this. I've heard from so many of you already who appreciate the fact that we're doing these every night after every game. We're holding up so far. We're going to continue to. I do have to warn everyone I'm taking Saturday off. It's my first day off. My son has his opening day in Little League. I I wanted to be there for that game, so I am going to miss Saturday. So, Al, you and Tim are going to be at the controls. Won't diminish the quality of the podcast at all. I'm confident in that. And then I'll be back for Sunday's game. But keep listening, everyone. We really appreciate it.
0: Are you going to stare down the umpire like Frank Robinson and Mike Sosha <laughs> if you don't see a call that you like regarding your son at the plate?
1: They have these signs up, actually. It's really cool. Uh, on the, the backstop, it says, uh, remember, these umpires are volunteers. <laughs> these are these are kids and you don't play for the Nationals. It actually is that's the closing line of it. You don't play for the Nationals. And it's a good reminder. So as tense as it gets, I get way more tense watching my son play than I do trying to write a one nothing bottom of the ninth walk off Homer game story on deadline. But I'm looking forward to it and uh, hopefully be a nice day. And maybe I'll share a little story or two about it when we get back on Sunday.
0: Great. Look forward to it. Well, enjoy. We will uh, hopefully be talking about another Nationals win. We have enjoyed so much interacting with all you guys uh, on Twitter, so keep the feedback coming at Nats underscore chat on Twitter. And you can email the podcast as well, especially if you would like to become a sponsor of the Nats Chat Podcast. Contact Tim Shover's, the email address, NatsChatPodcast at gmail.com. All Nationals radio highlights on Nats Chat are courtesy of 106.7 The Fan. For Mark Zuckerman, I'm Al Galdi. We'll talk to you next time on the Nats Chat Podcast.
2: is your sense. It'll be an 0-2 swing and a foul tip held by Avila on a 96-mile-an-hour fastball for strike three. Strikeout number
3: seven for Scherzer. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.